7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Good evening. Well, we just had to. We had to take you back to the 11th of June 2010. Soka City, Sipiwe Chabalala scoring that memorable goal, that goal that changed everything, as some people would like to say, against Mexico in the opening match of the FIFA World Cup 2010. It was eight years ago that moment happened. And of course, who can forget the commentator? Jabulile rejoice. I think you meant to say Jabulani, but he's forgiven. It's forgiven, it's fine, we know he was trying to say uh, something So it has been eight years, where were, where were you when that goal was scored? We're not asking that question, but I'm just saying, where were you? I actually saw some an interesting tweet earlier today when somebody was asking people where they were in 2010 when that goal was scored Somebody said, I was at the stadium, but I was at the bar, so I missed the game I mean, I missed the goal And then the other uh, person came back and said, I was actually the ball boy in 2010 And uh, when Shabalala scored that goal, he actually came to my court Honor, and that's where he celebrated. So you've got wonderful memories, young man, and, and and I'm sure you will remember that moment for the rest of your life. We just thought we should highlight it three days to the FIFA World Cup. And remember, SABC is the official broadcaster of the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia. You can catch the 44 matches live on SABC One and on SABC radio stations from the 14th of June to the 15th of July. SABC bringing Russia to Mzansi and that hashtag, remember Kuzobalit. And also... Something significant happened in the Eastern Cape um, that day, 11th of June 2010. I don't know how many people know about this. I don't know if Loyola knows about this, but uh, twins were born on that day uh, to a woman in the Eastern Cape. I think I'm Tata, if I'm not mistaken. And guess what they were named? Bafana Bafana and Mexico. That's what the twins were named on the 11th of June 2010. Liolo, you should find them. Let's find out how they are doing there, Bafana Bafana and Mexico. But anyway, good evening. Welcome to the show. It's still me, Taviso. Liolo Mkalip is producing. Sylvester Kuman is in technical. Um, firstly, well done to all of you that took part in the Comrades Marathon this past weekend. I wonder how the legs are feeling right now. Please feel free to call us. Let us know how the race was for you. Did you finish? Did you make your time? Did things go your way? We'll open the lines for a few minutes uh, just to give you a chance to tell the nation about your comrades i'm sure it's a proud moment uh, especially if you finished 0891104207 we'll also speak to the women's race winner south africa's n ensworth an advocate by profession no one gave her a chance to win comrades and um, no one mentioned that when we did all our previews last week but guess what she is the athlete that was working with bruce fordyce remember we had bruce fordyce on the show on friday and he said he was helping out a friend but did not reveal too much well it turns out bruce fordyce was seconding and ends with so we'll chat to the champion of the comrades and ends with also in line with youth month we'll be profiling some of the country's rising sporting stars this week and we're starting tonight by speaking to uspes He's a 19-year-old South African living in the UK. Mzalose left South Africa at the age of four. He went to England with his parents. He's a football player and is now on the books of English Premier League outfit Southampton. And uh, talking the UK is that he could be promoted to the first team next season because he's turning out for the reserve side, the under-23s of Southampton, who play in the Premier League's reserve league. So we'll find out more from Uspesitle Mzalose, who's been called up also to the national under-20s recently. They call him Sips. That side, as you would expect. So we'll find out about him. I'm sure some of us know that Southampton has a famed youth setup that has produced world-class players like Gareth Bale, Adam Lalana comes from there, Theo Walcott, um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, and many others. So let's let's catch up with this young man, and we'll do that throughout the week, and we'll profile other sporting stars, uh, young sporting stars in various sporting codes. But firstly... 
Our top stories, let's start with uh, what happened at Emirates Airlines Park this Saturday. Springboks coming from 24-3 down uh, after 20 minutes to stage a sensational comeback and beat England 42-39. One of the stars of the day was the debutant Subun Kosi, who scored two tries on a debut and he admits that the nerves got the better of them earlier on in the game but is happy with how they regrouped. Uh, so it's a huge honour to score on my debut. Um, I credit it to, to the service that we got from the inside backs and we blended well as a back three and yeah, I'm very happy about that. I wasn't nervous in the beginning. Um, yeah, Obviously the team did, didn't start on the front foot. Uh, the, men, the, the, the older guys did well to bring us in a circle and tell us to come down. It's test match rugby, it does happen. So the, the little amount of nerves that I did experience was... Yeah, they were diminished very quickly by the older guys. Yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, I did my best to keep myself calm. And, you know, it was very early in the game. And I understand uh, that I still have the entire game to play. So I can't get comfortable just because I've now scored a try in the Springbok chase. And also, um, news from the Kosafa Cup. Well, if you missed it, actually, news from the Springboks. Skull Brits has been called up uh, to the squad. He's already with his teammates in Bloemfontein for the second test match against uh, England. And in football, Kaiser Chiefs are believed to be chasing Madagascar's number 10, the player of the tournament at the Kosafa Cup. He's better known as Drugs, has some silky skills, highly rated. Uh, this Drugs and Velilambuli caught up with the media liaison officer of Madagascar, Clement Arabari. There's five clubs. Five teams. Five teams. Yeah. In South Africa. Okay. They want to to handle it. Of five teams. Yes. Yeah. Which teams? Because I, I know that the number is. There's many, many. If around five or six huh, people to want to to keep him in, in their team. We, we try to analyze and the situation, and he uh, said that it's a band of the best offer. So, so that's yeah. Oh, so far he has not signed anything. Yes, no, any sign, anything. Oh, until now, until now, he has not signed anything. So five teams interested. Chiefs will have to move fast if they want to get him. Uh, we are told that Bidvest Vets are the other team interest, one of the other teams interested in Ducks. And but. Orlando Pirates have done some business. They announced today the signings of nine new players. Lots of people having a brilliant day today because Brilliant Kuzwayo has joined Orlando Pirates from Kaiser Chiefs. Other signings, Vincent Pula and Ben Mutswari joining from Vets. Mishak Mapangula from Leopards. Asavela Mbegila from Sundowns. Lindam Tambo Figo uh, joining from Chipa, having been with Cosmos, of course. Abel Mabaso also joining from Chipa. Pasega Marco also from Chipa. And the Zimbabwean Kuda Mahachi. So nine new players signed by Orlando Pirates today. And finally, also making headlines, the Proteas have announced a test squad of 15 that will tour Sri Lanka next month. And Del Stain is back uh, in the squad, which is good news for, for a lot of people. He proved his fitness um, when he played for Hampshire last week. So well done to Del Stain. There's also Sean Von Berg there, the new cap from uh, the Titans. There's also Hendrik Klassen, who's also uncapped in test cricket, even though he's been with the squad. Ten of those 15 players that are, are going to Sri Lanka are from the Titans. So that's what's making headlines in uh, sport today. Up next, we'll speak to the Comrades Marathon champion and ends with. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter.
Let's get into it. If you did run comrades, please feel free to call us. I would, I'm interested to find out how you did, especially those who called us last week that we're running for various causes and family members and friends and all sorts. I would like to find out really how you did. I saw some on social media, the DA, um, leader, um, DA member there, Makashule Ghana, also finished. He called us last week. So well done to him. But let's speak now to the champion of the women's race and Ensworth who joins us on the line. Advocate, good evening. Thank you for finding time to speak to us on SAFM. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me to be on the line. I have to ask you, how are the legs? How are you feeling a day later? Um, I'm approaching day two stiffness, so <laughs> my legs are feeling a little bit more tight than they were this morning, but um Actually, I haven't lost any toenails, so in good shape, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and we were building up to the comrades the whole of last week on this show. No one mentioned you. We had Nick Bester, we had so many people, we had Kewan Walker, nobody mentioned you. And you even said at the press conference you were also surprised by your win. Why is that? No, I mean, I think that no one thought that I was a contender at all, and... um I thought I'd just be really lucky to to bag a gold medal, and certainly that that was what I was hoping for. And then just um, just happened to have the race of my life, and um, yeah, just so it it was a surprise, um, a complete surprise. And yet my coach told me that that was the plan he had in his mind all along, and I just followed his plan. So. You know, maybe maybe my coach knew, but it was yeah. definitely a surprise to me. That's the one guy we didn't speak to last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but last year, and you had to pull out after a kilometer. What happened there, and what was your reaction? Um, yeah, last year I'd had a, a niggly hamstring injury that just kept it just kept sort of giving me problems in the build up to the race, um, and it really flared up. Um, in the two to three days before the race, and I, I thought that I could start anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, the, the start of the race was just so fast um, that actually my glute muscle tore. Um, I had a really bad tear to my glute. sounded a little bit like a gunshot um, when I started the first kilometer, um, and it just took me out of the race immediately. And, and after all the months of preparation and all the hard work that I'd put in for the race, it, it was truly devastating. Um, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to, to return to the race and run again. Um, and so this year, just being able to come back and being able to, you know, run the race that I did, it really just, it, it was a dream come true and it was just extra rewarding after last year's disappointment. And what kept you going, And after what happened last year? Like you said, you were not sure if you can run or do the comrades again. What, what kept you going? What made you want to come back? Yeah, my coach has really just been an inspiration for me and, and after the race last year he he wouldn't let me rest, he wouldn't let me give up. He was on my case every day making sure that I was running, he made sure that I entered other races and he, he really just kept me going. And and my husband and I run together and, and my husband has just, you know, kept me on the road and my whole family has rallied around me to kind of get me back get me back in shape and get me to the race and, and, and they really are a huge huge support structure in my life mm, and that coach we're talking about is the kennel himself, uh, John Hamlet now you, you took the lead yesterday after about 40-41 Ks, at which stage did you think you could win this thing? yeah um, you know I, I came around the corner at Camperdown and could see the, the, the clock on the car with the, the leading ladies about 300 meters ahead of me and I thought 
oh my word, what is it doing there? Like, or what am I doing here? Like, I can't believe that I'm so close to the front ladies. Um, and, and you know, just managed to, to slowly pull that in. And, and then sort of just after halfway, I took the lead and I thought, gosh, is this really a good idea? You know, like, why you really want to be in front now? It's so early. Um, you know, and what are you doing up front? This is unbelievable. Um, but, you know, I just, I just stuck to the plan that, that my coach had given me and he told me what splits to run and, and what I should do in the race. And, and then it just happened, you know. So, mm. so I was just following the plan. We had Bruce Fordyce on the show last Friday. He was saying he's helping out someone. It turns out he was seconding you. What was he saying on, on the road? Was he saying, Anne, you can win this thing? <laughs> no, I, I actually don't think that Bruce thought that, that I was, had any chance at all. Um, <laughs> he, he, he really was just so, so welcoming on the road. He was giving me information about my splits and he was, you know, just telling me that I was looking strong, um, and he, he passed me um, water bottles along the way, and and then the last point that I saw him was 15k to go, and and he was just screaming at me. He was saying, "We love you, Anne. We love you, Anne." It was just, it was just amazing to have that support alongside the road because Bruce really has been a hero of mine forever, and that was just truly inspirational. And and for those and Answorth who are not familiar with running, what does seconding mean? What exactly was was he doing? Uh, what was his role, Bruce Fordyce? So um, often, uh, often elite runners um, need to fuel on more substantial. Not not even just elite runners, any runner. If you're running all day, you need to take on fuel like food and supplements as you go. And a lot of runners carry their own supplements but obviously the faster you want to run the less you want to carry because it weighs you down so um so you'll have people who meet you alongside the road to pass you your special drink or some extra gels or or some protein or whatever it is that you're having so so bruce met me at three points to to pass me my race nutrition um and then just to give me give me some moral support along the way and uh, that was really special Wow. Now, Advocate Anne, when do you go back to work? Because I understand you had to take some time off to prepare for comrades. Yeah, um, I had a bumper three months at the beginning of the year. Worked really hard January through to March, uh, end of March. And then I haven't worked since two oceans. Um, So I've taken, I took off all that time just to train for comrades. Um, And I'm back in the office tomorrow. Um, I've got, I've got some masses to attend to and uh, ready to get back to work. Wow. We wish you all the best of luck. Also, please tell us about your role with Team Masmat. You're also the, the captain and you focus on adult athlete development. What does that mean exactly? So Team MassMart was really born after Comrades last year where I felt that there needed to be a particular focus on the promotion of female ultra-distance running in South Africa. We've had really cool initiatives like EnduroCAD who focus on the Olympic distance events like marathons, half marathons, 10Ks, track. Um, But there hasn't really been a a, a real effort to promote the ultra-distance running and you know, I just felt that there needed to be a program in place where we could identify young and up-and-coming talent and get them coached and trained and get them closer to realizing their full potential and chasing dreams. And so what we did was we identified 10 ladies who we thought were, well, they were relatively unknown. We thought they had huge potential. And, and we've sort of spent the last nine months getting them coached, 
trained and ready for comrades. And they had an absolute crack over run yesterday. We, we won team prize mm. um, overall in the elite category, which is just outstanding. We had four silver medals and one gold. I mean, it just was for, for a young up-and-coming team, it truly was outstanding. Well, you were outstanding too, and Answorth, and that's why we just thought we should call you, congratulate you on your win, and give you the respect that you deserve. Six hours, ten minutes, and four seconds. When you looked at the clock and you saw uh, at that time, what, what were you thinking? I won't lie. I didn't even look at the clock. <laughs> I, it didn't actually dawn on me until today that I'd run that fast. All I thought was, holy smokes, I just won the Comrade Marathon. It's incredible. It is <laughs> so, incredible. So, and, yeah. It is incredible. And when you go to work tomorrow, they will know who you are if they don't already. But well done once again. And thank you for finding time to speak to us. All the best going forward. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. That is the Comrade's Champion, the Women's Champion, and ends with Advocate. And ends with six hours, ten minutes, and four seconds. I said that if you ran or those who called us last week, please let us know for the sake of, of, of completing our story, how you did, how was the comrades for you, was it good? And please let us know. I've got about eight minutes where we'll take calls before we cross over and go live to the UK, to Southampton, where we speak to young footballer Sipesi Lemzalose. <laughs> Call Tabiso now, 891 Let's go to the lines, Makashule Ghana. Somebody tagged him and said they're talking about you on the radio. Makashule Ghana, you called us, you were running, comrades. I saw you finished, but how was the race? And well done. Thank, thanks very much, member. Uh, the, the race was uh, was good. It was, uh, it was a humbling experience. Uh, you know, one thing about running is that the road punishes you equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It does not choose who's from which background, who's from where. It will punish you equally. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I mean, like uh, the support it was just uh, amazing. I mean, from the from the start till the finish, uh, and the legs uh, held on. I was more worried about my knee, mm. um, especially as it was a down run. I had uh, read so many stories that uh, a down run can finish your knees, and I I had a bit of a knee issue. But I I I went down to uh, to get a bronze medal and I came back with a bronze medal. So for the first run, um, I think it, I did well. Ten fifty three is that your time? You posted on on on, on Twitter. It was ten fifty three, right? Yeah, the official one came at ten fifty four. I think it was that time when I was playing towards the the final match. So. Oh, I, was greet, I was greeting the, <laughs> I was the, greeting the supporters, I was greeting the cameraman, because I, I, I knew that I'm, I, I've done a sub-level. So I, I, I like enjoying the last uh, kilometer or so, but I ran uh, fast enough to be able to at least have the last kilometer to greet people, uh, to thank the camera people, the stewards and so forth. Oh, so aren't you a celebrity? It, it was, it was good, yeah. Tell us about the banner quickly. I saw you were carrying, you posted a banner also done by your kids. Yeah, so, so my, my, my daughter, uh, she made this banner and she said, I must promise that uh, when I uh, finish, I must take a photo with uh, with that banner up. Uh, it's written, uh, well done by, by her and my, my little one, uh, MJ. So I took that pic and she said, that's the one that she wants on the, uh, on social media, so that's the one that I've been posting a lot. But yeah, it was a, it was a good one. I'm I'm definitely going back next year. 
Oh, brave man. Well done, Makashula Ghana. Well done, really. Zanele Slachua, you are still in Durban. We also spoke to you last week. Good evening. How are you? Hi, hi. Kevin, how are you? Fine, thanks. Hashtag Rise18. How did things go? Sure, it went well. Um, I managed to finish. Um, yeah, down run is very brutal. Um, I did 11.36, but I couldn't, um, I was advised not to race. Uh, the race because obviously I've got the big one coming in July so yes. um, I was trying to be comfortable and manage my injuries just to make sure that I actually finish at the end. Well you did say to us you just want to finish because the goal is to run 18 races in 7 months. You are trying to raise 180,000 for the South African Depression and Anxiety Group and um, did you manage to raise any money over the weekend? Not yet. I'm actually waiting for pledges because people had pledged that once they finish the comments, they'll, um, they'll, they'll contribute some, some funds. Um, and then I also had, uh, Gwenat also mentioned in, yes. in one of his interviews when he was stopped during the race that he's actually running for the race and he's going to contribute, um, once he crosses the finish line. So there's a couple of pledges that will be coming through this week. Oh, that's awesome. Please keep us updated. So what's next for you now in this eight, Rise 18? So I rest for a week because both my ankles are swollen at the moment, so I can barely walk. Um, I rest for a week and then training resumes next week. And then I do my 17th race on the 8th of July, which is a 10-kilometer send-off, and anyone is, is invited to join. I'm going to start posting about it on my social media platforms. That's going to be my 17th race. And then my last and final race is going to be the Washi 100 Miler, which is 161 kilometers on the 27th of July in the Eastern Cape. And um, before that, obviously, I'll be campaigning, um, trying to raise more funds, and I'm also going to be posting other stories as well, because part of the campaign is to get people talking about mental health and or mental illness to talk about their experiences and how they've survived. So there's a couple of interviews that I've done, um, and I've posted those stories on my YouTube Rise 18 uh, channel. I'm going to be posting more stories before I run my final race. Great stuff. Please keep us updated. We will tell the story. We'll put it out there. But well done for finishing, Zanele. Keep going. You're almost there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well done. Cabello. Hey, remember. Is this Cabello from Orchard? Yes, that's the one. Slicer. Slicer <laughs> yes, Athletics man. Club. So, did you finish? You called us last week also. Yes, remember, I finished and I'm happy I did my PB this time around. Oh, wow. Well you done. Really, yeah. As you can remember, last year I did 10.49. This time I did 9.59. Oh, Cabello, you're smoking hot. And the rest of your club, how did they do? How were the buses uh, this year? Uh, the buses, I came in with the sub-10 hour bus. Uh, and I we were flying at the last five uh, 10 kilometers, 5 kilometers, because the 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 time on the road, the timing was not uh, the same with the one that the drivers had. Mm. So we had to, to manage the time. Only the last kilometer was the one which was uh, uh, accurate. So we had to cruise into the stadium, but then we were right on time. When we, had, we were crossing the last line, it was 9.58, but then, yeah, we made it 10.50, 9.59. 
Well done, Cabello. Keep going, man. Yeah. Nice one. Thank yeah. you very much uh, for, for, for joining us there. So those are some of the people that called us last week that said they're running comrades and wanted to finish, and they did finish. Well done to them. Up next, we're going to talk to Spe Mzalose, who plays for Southampton for the reserve team. We're profiling him as one of the rising stars of uh, South African sport in celebration, of course, of Youth Month, and we'll do that throughout the week. We'll have other sporting stars throughout the week of different sporting codes. Earlier on, I told the story about the Chabalala goal, 11th of June, 2010, and there were twins born in the Eastern Cape. And somebody says, Bafana, Bafana, and Mexico, you are joking, right? No ways. I haven't laughed so much since Eugene fell off his horse. Okay, that's not nice. But he says, classic. That is Simon. He says we should find the eight-year-olds for completeness sake and interview them. Loyolo, people don't believe me. You need to find these eight-year-olds or their parents. They were called Bafana Bafana and Mexico after that 1-1 draw in the opening match of the FIFA World Cup 2010 because they were born on that day. Why, why don't people want to believe that? SABC is the official broadcaster of the 2018 FIFA World Cup Russia. England. They've got the, the, the young squad, Harry Kane, and then they've got uh, youth that are playing regularly. I think they will uh, they win the World Cup. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Thank you. Well, somebody says England will win the World Cup. Good luck to you. Um, the, la- the only time England have won the World Cup was in 1966. Uh, but Harry Kane did say today that they want to rewrite the wrongs of the past. So I don't know. But let's see. Let's see. Let me stop knocking people. I mean, somebody said Egypt will win the World Cup and I knocked them. Somebody said Russia will win the World Cup and I knocked them. I'm so negative. I'm going to stop it. If you think Russia and Egypt are going to win the World Cup, please go ahead and support them. But anyway, let's talk now to our rising star of this Monday. His name is Sipesile Mzalose. He he, he uh, plays his football in the UK and uh, he's making headlines. That side is on the books of Southampton and he joins us on the line now. Sipesitle, uh, good evening and thank you very much for finding time to speak to us here on SAFM in Johannesburg. Hello, you're right. Um, nice, uh, nice to be in Are you in off-season now or are you doing some training? I'm in, I'm in off-season but obviously you, you have to try to stay fit during the off-season. We mm. can be ready for the season. Oh, so does that mean that you you are in the UK? You haven't gone anywhere. Um, no, not this year. I haven't. Uh, I've been away with like family and stuff, but nothing, nothing come big. Now, now, Sipe, we are profiling you just as as one of the rising stars of South African sport, from especially from what we've heard about you in the UK. Please educate us. Tell us which team are you currently playing for at Southampton, and what's your position? Um, I play for the reserve teams, a reserve team in Southampton, and um, I'm playing out wide at number ten. And yeah, I've been playing there since I was around eleven, and now I'm nineteen. So it's been a long time since I've been playing for Southampton. And and when did you join them? When did you join Southampton? And how did you end up at Southampton? Um, well, I got spotted in a, a in my local team here in. England, I played in a cup final, scored four goals, and then when I was 11, I got picked up by Southampton, and it's just gone from there, really, to be honest. So the team you're playing for is just the team below the first team? You're playing for the reserve team? Yeah. At the age of 19? Yeah. And is it an under-23 team, or is it just a mixture? 
I'm um, under 23 too. Wow. But the under 23s in England is like the like the step before first team. Did you always want to be a professional footballer? Um, I mean, yes. Yeah, sports has been like a big part of my life. So football is the one thing I fell in love quite early. So, and my parents have been very supportive of that. And and how would you describe your, your your progress at Southampton and what are some of your career highlights so far? Um, my progress at Southampton is going very well at the start during the off season. Um, so it's just it's, it's just it's taking us and keeping fit. And my highlights at this moment in time is winning at Old Trafford in the Youth Cup. Oh, you played at Old Tra- Trafford in the Youth Cup? Yeah, that's been probably one of my highlights. Was it against Southampton? Oh, that is brilliant. And and how's your team doing? How are the reserves doing? How's the team that you play in doing? Um, we're a good squad of players. Um, we're doing well. We won a trophy last season. Um, at the end of the season. Um. Uh, yeah, so we're doing quite well. Everyone's just looking forward and hoping to push on next season and um, see if we can win some more silver. Talking about pushing on, do you do you get a chance to train with the first team sometimes? Yeah, we all do. Um, it just depends on... Yeah, we all do. Southampton's a great club to promote youth. And 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 we've we've seen and had reports from the UK that you're close to, to to moving up to the first team. How far do you think you are from joining the first team? Are they speaking to you about it? How does it work that side? Um, this side it works on how good you're doing during the season. So it all depends on the coaches and what you do at the start of the season. For me personally, I still think I've got a lot to work on before I become a before I think I'm ready for the first team, but that's all down to the coaches and what they think and where I am in my um, development as a player. And and who are some of the players playing in your position in, in that first team? Is Gabiadini, Bufal, are they playing in your position? Yeah, there's Gabiadini, Bufal, Charlie Austin, yes. um, Nathan Redmond, players that we see train every day, obviously... They're a really nice guy, so you can talk to them and get advice off them and see what you, and they help you out a lot, to be honest with you. To be fair. And, and these are guys that you get to train with uh, on, 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 on occasion? Yeah, they help you out when you train with them. They give you advice on, like, outside of football, like, how to live and stuff, like, how to stay professional and all that. So you officially have a professional contract now with Southampton, basically? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. When did you sign and how long is it for? Um, I signed it when I was 17 and um, it was for two years. Oh, that is incredible, man. And we know that Youth Setup is produced. The likes of Adam Lalana, Gareth Bale uh, also came from there. Oxley Chamberlain also uh, came from there. And I'm sure you must feel that you're at the right place. Yeah, I'm at the right place. I'm doing my development and my all round. Mm. You were recently called up to Amachita, our national under-20, South Africa's national under-20s. How was that experience for you, specifically, Mjalos? Um, It was a good experience, yeah. I I enjoyed I enjoyed being out there. Um, and obviously, being representing your country is a big honour. 
uh, any age or any club or wherever you play or whoever you play for, representing your club is the biggest one you can have in football. Was it your first call up to the under twenties to by by Tabo Sinong? Um, yeah. Well, I've been called up previously, but I couldn't make it because I was ill or injured. But it's my it's the first time I've been. Yeah. And 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 is it something that you're interested in in playing for for South Africa? Um. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'd love to represent my country while I was born. It's my it's the country I want to represent. And hopefully we'll be in the future. And why is that? And why is that? Because because my so I was born, that's where my family's from and I wanna make my family proud. So and I feel like I've got a lot to give back to South Africa in terms of that respect. We're gonna to speak to your dad uh, shortly. I'm just gonna ask you just not to move, uh, we were losing you a bit, but it's fine now. We're going to speak to your dad uh, shortly, but just tell us a bit about your family uh, history. Do you do you often come back home? How often do you come back home? I try to come back home as often as possible, but because of football, it's difficult. Mm, and but I do, I, I do try to come back as often as possible. A lot of people want to know where exactly is home for Usupesitlem Dalose here in South Africa. Um, well, my nan's from the Eastern Cape, and um, I was born in Durban, um, but my dad lives in Johannesburg. Yeah, so I'm a, bit, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit everywhere in South Africa. So when you come back home, where do you go? Eastern Cape, Joburg, or Durban? I go to Joburg because that's where most of my family's based. So, like, my cousins live in Joburg as well, so I go and see them and see family. Oh, that's great. And and what are your career ambitions, especially? I mean, what would you like to achieve in the game? Um, I'd like I'd like to play international football consistently, win trophies consistently for the international team. Um, play a high, play play a high club standard, and obviously become a legend in my own right in terms of a foot to becoming a footballer. Okay, the jokes are already starting to come in. People are saying in five years you'll be playing for Liverpool. <laughs> um, I mean, I, uh, I can see why. You can see why every promising Southampton yeah. player goes goes to Liverpool. But but do you expect to stay at the Saints for some time? Would you like to stay at the Saints and establish yourself even more there? Yeah, I mean, everyone, I want to break into the first team as soon as possible, which means I have to establish myself at Southampton first, and then from there I'll look at different other avenues in terms of becoming a, uh, a more consistent professional. And when you were called by Coach Tabosinong to be with the under-20s, I mean, what did he say to you? What does he expect of you? And, and what, is this, what does he make of your football? Um, Coach Tom is a very positive character, so he just like express yourself for a reason. You must be a good player, so where you just like express yourself, enjoy yourself. Football's about enjoyment, and as a player, when your coach says that, it's quite invigorating. It makes you feel positive, and it makes you want to play for him. And I feel like as a coach, he's got that. Where he makes you want to, gives you that drive that you want to play for him.
Okay, we're going to try and get Sipel on a, on a better line. We're also going to talk to his old man uh, shortly. So, Sipel, just hang tight there. If you've just joined us, we're speaking to Spesile Mlalose, who is on the books of Southampton. He plays for their reserves, as you heard from him there. He's been uh, living in the UK, and we'll find out more about this journey also from his old man after this quick break. If you have any calls, uh, please feel free, 891 Our SMS line is 40938. Our WhatsApp number is 61 and hashtag SAFM spot on. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.6 FM in Kimberley. So we are speaking to Uspesile Mlalos and there is some reaction on social media on Twitter. Roxina says he's a very matured 19-year-old. He says he wants to make his family proud. I hope he stays there for a while. Like Benny Pinar as well as Aaron Mukwena, they never disappointed us uh, or can't. And there was also Zico Smith who saying this uh, boy sounds so humble for somebody playing uh, for Southampton and somebody saying that when a 19-year-old can soldier on playing for Southampton, why can't 20 something year olds also soldier on when they leave South Africa to go play overseas. Super, I'm interested to find out if you, if, if, if when you came here with the under 20s, were you able to identify with the kind of football that's being played? Was it a challenge for you? How was it? Um, it's not very much different in terms of position and our position. Okay, no, no. Sorry, sorry, Spesitla, it's, it's not working. We're going to try and get you on a, on a better line, but we've got your old man on the line. Professor Mdalose, good evening, sir, and thank you very much for finding time to speak to us on SAFM. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Leola, and how are you? Fine, thanks. It's Tabiso that you're speaking to. Leola is, is the producer. Uh, Professor Mdalose, we just wanted to understand more about the journey that led to Usipe going to England and more about Usipe. We're profiling him tonight as one of the country's rising stars. We're doing that throughout the week in celebration of, of, of Youth Day. Um, please just, just tell us a bit of background about the family. Why and when did the family move to England? Uh, we moved to England in 2002. Actually, his late mother left there. Uh, we left, we left uh, here before to study, and then we followed uh, with him in 2002 when he was four years old. And then while we were there, um, at the age of five, he showed a good interest in football. That took a lot of my time when we were playing for the home team, um, which is uh, Milton Neon, from under five under six and to under 11. But uh, all my time I spent with him, it was when he was being well-groomed by uh, his home team until he was scouted by Southampton at the age of 11, meaning he never had an opportunity to study in South Africa. He was born uh, in Durban, and then uh, he, uh, in four years, when he was four years, he left for Britain. And then that's where he showed his talent, and that's where I've been with him throughout his football game until I got a break when he was playing for Southampton under 16. Wow. And where does this football come from? Does it run in the family? Well, I'm an athlete myself, but uh, not. Um, I was an athlete in my young age, and then uh, my sport was tennis. And then, uh, well, with all sports, though, I focus on that, on tennis when I've, I've grown up. 
So when it comes to football, my brother is a footballer. My dad, his granddad, was a boxer. So then uh, on football, he followed the footsteps of my brother, who was a footballer, but not a professional. So I was on tennis most of the time. Thus, even on SABC TV, with being good on sports, I was doing sports commentary from uh, Radio Bantu, and then uh, to TV. Then when we start TV2 and 3 in 1980, I was one of the sports commentators, which was boxing, cycling, athletics, uh, you name it, that was me. But when it comes to athletics, he has got taken from me as I'm still an athlete today. So are you still doing commentary? That's quite interesting. Are you still doing commentary? No, no, are you still involved in broadcasting? No, no, I, I, I am, I've, just come, I've, just, I've just arrived in South Africa in April. Coming back in April, uh, it is only when I've just been here for a short time, but uh, not involved. But you asked me, we were the, um, we were the first sport commentators of SABC TV 2 and 3. Though my sport commentary started back in Radio Bantu in 1972, where I was doing the, uh, the, the, the youth program with Elijah Tetamasombuga, who is the one who taught me sports commentary. We had a certain gentleman called Dumila Mateza, I know we're sidetracking a bit, called Dumila Mateza a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. Does it sound fair? Does that name ring a bell? A lot of mercy. Dimila Mateza was a Corsa commentator. I was the Zulu commentator. Can I tell you a quick history yes, between Dimila Mateza and I? When we were at Sun City, where the late Brown Baronet was really was 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 facing uh, dancing shoes Murake. Uh, uh, no, no. Um, the technical draw. That's what Dumila Mateza and I were commentators in that, in, in that historical technical draw where Stan Dolo jumped from not being a judge into the ring and contested it a technical draw. <laughs> he also <laughs> shared know, that with us. Dumila Mateza, Dumila Mateza and I, we are, we are, we are, I don't know what you call, we are the veterans in sports commentary of SABC TV 2 and 3. You ask us, we were all-rounders. We were doing football, athletics, boxing, golf, tennis, but I withdrawn from football commentary. Then I stick to athletics, boxing, golf, uh, tennis, and, uh, and other sports. But Jumila Mateza also remained. He is... He and I, I can call ourselves, we are the legends of the SABC TV. While others understand they're, they're gone, but we who are still alive, we that, are, we, Jumila Mateza and I. That, that is an incredible story. But back to your young man now, Usipe Sitle, they call him Sips. As a family, are you fully supportive of his footballing career? Certainly, certainly. What is my pride with him is that um, when he was doing this football, seeing his interest and his choice, I had to back him fully. As I said, I didn't want even to to leave England for so long as I am here now while he was still in his teenage because um, I wanted to see him achieving what he wants. Since I was now the single parent looking after him, he had to be based on me overseas. Now I am happy and I'm still supporting him. I'm still concerned. You're not going to believe that uh, I am still wearing his T-shirt, which he was given, because I am proud. I am always um, supporting him in all angles. Is the rest of, you said you came back in April, is the rest of the family all back? 
So un- unfortunately, Sinclair is there with his two uh, uh, brothers okay. over there. And then uh, I am here, just as, as you heard him, he doesn't know where he belongs. I didn't know whether he, he belongs in Johannesburg or in the Eastern Cape or in uh, <laughs> because uh, we are now, my coming back here is to resettle the home because when we left, we, 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 we are to surrender our home and then and now since uh, he is interested also to, to, to pay back to his country, now I am here to resettle and find a, a, a proper place where he would like to live because the choice is his. Um, in Newcastle we've got a home. We have got a home in Johannesburg, and then his grandmother is in the Eaton Cape. His cousins are also in, uh, in, in Johannesburg. But then the home where he will call it his home, as I will be there with him as the father, and then and his other uh, 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 family. It is he's going to decide whether he wants us in Newcastle, or he wants us in Johannesburg, or he wants us in Durban. That's what I'm still preparing. Before we go back to Sipe, we've got him on a better line. Um, you must have been proud when he was called up uh, to the national under-20 uh, camp by coach Tabo Sinong. How did that feel for you as a father? I'm told by Veli Lambuli, SABC reporter, that you actually paid him a visit. I, I, actually, it was overjoy as much as that um, uh, my traveling to go and meet him, uh, all his um, sisters whom uh, he hasn't met, they were really keen to go and meet him because uh, they knew and they've got a lot of things that was belonging to him that I showed them like the, the T-shirt and etc. And to me and to us all as a family, that was really a big credibility that made me so proud that I managed in my tight schedule in South Africa that I had to go and be with him and we spent a very, very lovely time. I was really, really proud. And um, that alone made me feel that um, um, he is going somewhere to fulfill his dreams, which all that I say is the father and on behalf of the family, both from my side and his mother's side, we say to him, he must just enjoy it to achieve the best. Those who've just joined us, you're listening to SAFM, leading the conversation. We're talking to Sipesitle Mzalose, a young South African, 19 years old, on the books of Southampton in the UK. And we're also speaking to his father, Professor Mzalose, who worked for the SABC. And now people are saying we need Professor Mzalose to come to studio. He seems to have an interesting story to tell. I know people are calling us and we've got Sipesitle back on the line. We'll let you say a few words to him after this quick break. Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM. And to address the shortage of e-skills in the country, Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Telecommunications and Postal Services invites stakeholders and interested persons to submit written comments on ICAMVA National e-skills Institute Bill. The bill seeks to promote the use of information and communication technologies to provide for the establishment of ICAMVA National e-skills Institute, uh, INESI, send submissions to HS. Ali at parliament.gov.co.za that's h-s-a-l-i-e at parliament.gov.co.za by the 12th of June that's tomorrow for more information and to obtain copies of the bill please contact Ms. Hajira Sali on 061-472-9191 this message is brought to you by Parliament of the Republic of South Africa Tabiso Musiya on SAFM let's check that line again Sips are you back with us can you hear us yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, great stuff. I think that's what they call you in the UK, right, Sips? 
Um, yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Specifically, it's a bit too long. But we've got just a few people who just want to uh, say a few words to you. Let's start with Mike in Cape Town. Mike, good evening and thank you for calling us. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Mdalose, for the role that you play uh, in your child's um, sporting activity. It's an inspiration for us as young fathers um, to have examples of fathers who take an active interest in their kids. Um, I, I, I thank you very much for that. Uh, my question to Sibs, uh, um and perhaps to the father as well, is on two fronts. Um, the, the, the odds are stacked against him in terms of the research that was recently done um, on um, academy and reserve team players in England and the top five leagues in Europe, that there is a very poor conversion rate to them eventually playing the English Premier League. Um, and, 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 and what is the backup plan? Um, if, if, if this doesn't work out, what, what are you going to do? And of course, in, even with Bafana Bafana, um, our Olympians that played in 2014 in Brazil, um, the conversion rate to them playing in the AFCON qualifiers in the World Cup qualifiers is very poor. It's around 20% um, of the players. So what is your backup plan? Well, okay. Thank you very much, uh, Tabitha. Thank you, thank you, Mike. Tato in Pretoria? Um, hi, I'm just going to ask our Charles Pei that um, he found himself in a very beautiful situation mm-hmm. in terms of football. Mm-hmm. Tato? Uh, oh. Cutting. I can't okay, I can hear you now, Tato. Oh, okay, yes. I was just telling Spear that uh, in terms of football, he's found himself in a very beautiful situation, whereas Southampton has brought out uh, some really great players in the past, and yes. uh, their, acad- their academy is well-known, and it's very known for bringing up youngsters. And he should just keep fighting for his position. Uh, he shouldn't give up in any way whatsoever. Uh, as humble as he is, that's one of the qualities that the greatest quality that he possesses is his humbleness. And if he wants to strive, he should just keep fighting. And someday he'll be the player that we know, that we all know, our news, Stephen Pinard, our Benny McCarthy. And I just want to congratulate him and tell him that he should keep fighting. Thank you, Tato in Pretoria. Nice one there. As Sips, I'll let you answer first. I think you were asked, do you believe that things will work out at Southampton? Is that where you want to play your first team football? Hello? Yes, I think the question from Mike was that, what if things don't work out at, some th- at Southampton? Uh, will you go somewhere else? Do you have another plan or do you think things will work out at Southampton? I mean, it depends how I, I haven't got any plans at this moment in time. Uh, my main focus is trying to get to Southampton. But if that doesn't work, obviously I will have avenues in terms of playing football professionally. Mr. Mzalosa, Professor, over to you. Is there? Oh, okay. We don't have. We don't have. Uh, professor, I think he's dropped there. Sips, back home here. Do you follow South African football? Do you have a team that you support or that you like? Plan B or you
Kt. it up for him in the age great for shut him Take it and hold me. La loss of people SAM able to things happen. Shout.
City of Joburg. Zillas, Colonial, 